can see my sexy face. Bloody, I look really white. <laughs> there is a lot of uh, exposing lights you've got up here. So yeah, my skin look good. I feel like we're in a studio. We are. We're not. We're in a, we're in a flat in Rotherham, mate. I feel like I want to sit forward a little bit. No, I'm chilling. I'm relaxed. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit shaky. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's weird. I, uh, I, I've done one podcast, so I'm actually a seasoned veteran it's in my, podcasting. It's my podcast debut. <laughs> People are actually going to see my actual personality for once, rather than just me looking miserable on Instagram. Yeah. I got another message this morning telling me I look miserable. Really? Yeah. What, on, on your reels? No, no, someone messaged me saying, why do you look so pissed off? <laughs> and I was going to be mean on, 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 my, on my response to him. Yeah. But, um, Wait, as in he, he messaged, someone messaged Not even you? like as a response to a reel. Just messaged me saying, why do you always look so pissed off? Do you know him? No. <laughs> you, know, um, you know how recent things sometimes mention Argon? Oh, it's him. Yeah, he messaged me saying, really? I look pissed off. But Jesus. So for you, Argon. I'm going to start looking a bit more happy. <laughs> so, we might as well get started. Welcome to the first or the inaugural episode of the Limitless Physique podcast. My name's Ryan, if you don't already know. This is Lawrence, my housemate, client, best mate. Training partner. Training partner. All of those. And basically, this podcast is going to be a bit of a, a, bit of a mixture of things, really. So, gym, lifestyle, nutrition, basic, just anything to do. Any questions that you guys want to ask. Banner we'll probably with do the a, boys. You what? Banner with the boys. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're ruining the podcast already, but... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably just do a little bit of an update on ourselves, like every other podcast, and then just go into a Q&A section towards the end of the podcast. So I think this will come out every Sunday, and we'll try and get that done every single week without a fail. So yeah, should we get started? Yeah, absolutely. Were we, were we going to do a little uh, introduction to... Ourselves. Ourselves and, yeah, our we'll first. Fitness, industry, uh, fitness industry, fitness journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Journey. can do. Yeah, so I got into lifting when I was 17, 18. Um, I had a job at David Lloyd um, and obviously they, they had a gym. Um, I started lifting mainly because I felt pretty insecure about the way that I looked. I feel like it's quite a... A typical excuse, but I was. Don't blame you. <laughs> I had a relatively um, bad start point. Yeah. Oh, mate. No, I did. I did seriously. Well, when Lawrence started lifting, he was heavier than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, al- I'm also a lot taller than you, so yeah, you that makes a massive difference. But I didn't. Basically, I didn't look amazing, and I wasn't particularly happy with the way that I looked. Um. So I started lifting um, very poorly, uh, like any beginner would. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I for my first few years of training, it, it, it was pretty shit. Um, I, then uh, I went to uni um, and I started following like a, a not a more like science-based a, approach. Mm, not even that it was more like a like a push-pull leg split um or like a it wasn't even push-pull legs it was kind of like your chest and triceps back and biceps and then yeah yeah but then I also did like 
legs and shoulders. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. Don't ask me why I didn't train shoulders with a chest and triceps. Um, so yeah, sort of like a bro fit push pull legs, like hybrid. Um, and I did that for about two years of uni. Uh, then obviously I, uh, we, we went into lockdown and I stopped training, got, uh, got pretty fat. <laughs> um, you what? Big chungus. Yeah, big chungus. I mean, we can uh, throw up a, a picture of me on the screen of when I was uh, in lockdown. It was uh, pretty dire. Um, but yeah, no. Um, then I built like a, a home gym for myself in lockdown. Um, it was it was pretty simple. It was just like a, a barbell, uh, bumper plates, rack. I ended up getting like adjustable dumbbells. Um, and then in my uh, third year of training, um i i really really started to get into it to to be honest still not training the way that i do now anyway um but it was the first time that i ever looked at my physique and i was like oh shit like i i i actually look like pretty decent um obviously because i went on a cut and i I started training hard and i was super adherent um and then i started my master's degree um Fell a little bit out of the routine of bodybuilding. Uh, well, no, I wasn't even planning to bodybuild at that point, but I was training like a, yeah. a, a bodybuilder, you know, physique development. Um, and then in my, uh, in well, at the start of 2022, I decided that I wanted to get back into it, started uh, training properly again. Um, and that's when I messaged Ryan. So... I'm sure for the people who, who know us from college, me and Ryan used to be mates. Um, <coughs> you what? Wait, my throat is full. <laughs> Wait, say that bit again. We'll cut it out. Uh, okay. Um, so, no, that's not cut out. I, I'm sure everyone wants to hear you splurt all over the mic. Yeah, so for the people who uh, know us from home you know you'll know that me and ryan uh used to be mates in college um we had a big falling out yeah i know huge absolutely huge we won't we won't go into that we'll get into that one day in the, on the podcast <laughs> how lawrence snaked me out and we, we fell out and didn't speak for four years <laughs> anyway um we didn't really speak at university um until my well both of our final years um Ryan had uploaded a uh, yeah an Instagram story of uh, him watching AJ Morris before his session, and uh, due to me like really starting to get into uh, like bodybuilding, I'd started watching AJ as well. So I I messaged him about that. Um, I at the time was at uni in Sheffield, so um, I was pretty close to Old Flex, and I'd never been. So Ryan suggested going for a session down there. Um, I was pretty, oh, I don't, I don't want to suck you off, God, but I was, I was pretty impressed, I'll say, with, um, his, his knowledge. Um, I, I quickly realised that I was, uh, completely out of my depth. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, basically in that session, you, you offered to, to coach me. Because you wanted to take it step up and go into bodybuilding. Yeah. So I, I'll just mention at the start of 2022 that, I decided that I really wanted to actually compete. Um, but obviously, I, I didn't have a clue when it came to, you know, prep or, I mean, 
for that matter, even training. You know, yeah. my training was pretty piss poor at the time. Um, I just knew that I, I had relatively good genetics. and I, You I thought think, you were at your genetic potential, didn't you? So. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, which is kind of mad looking at what, what we've done yeah. within the, the past year. Um, so, yeah, uh, after that, Ryan started coaching me. Um, and then it escalated uh, pretty quickly from there. We've, uh, <laughs> we're sitting in our own flat uh, in Rotherham. Ryan's uh, moved up from Leicester. Uh, we're both training at Old Flex full-time now. And, um, yeah, looking to compete uh, this year. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much my fitness journey. Yeah, it should be good. So you're in a basically another gaining phase following your pre-pet pre-prep diet now aren't you so. yeah a very a very gradual one though it's nothing like the uh the gaining phase prior to this where we yeah pushed, pushed up yeah pushed up pretty significantly i mean what was i at the end two two forty three four max two, yeah was your highest way in sure so yeah you were you started at so we did a priming phase for lawrence first so we did a little bit of a mini cut when he started coaching because i knew there was a lot of things he could improve on without even going into a surplus so i knew he could probably build muscle in the in the mini cut basically because he hadn't been training very well before, so I knew by just fixing those things, he could build a lot of muscle in the mini cut. So we went straight into a mini cut, got down to two oh six, I think. Yeah, was the so lowest he got, and then we pushed up heavily in his gaining phase. We had about seven eight months in a surplus. Yeah, and we knew that because of his genetic potential and because he hadn't trained properly before and hadn't been completely adherent with regards to bodybuilding, we knew that he had a lot of potential to build a ton of muscle in the gaining phase we pushed up pretty heavily pretty much at a pound a week for like a good 40 weeks so i think you were up to 244 at your maximum yeah it was a pretty it was a very soft, it was a 244. soft 244 but yeah. it was a big full 244 yeah 100%. and we knew they had built a ton of tissue in that phase so sure. we then pulled back down again with a pre-prep diet again it was a bit of a mini cut but a pre-prep diet just to get him in a better better composition before starting prep which we pulled you down to 217 to be your lowest weigh-in. Yeah. And then now, in the next few months, before starting prep in March, we'll work your way back up to mid-220s, depending on composition, and then start prep from there in a really good position. So that's you. You done? Um, I'll go into a bit of my journey now. Not yeah. quite as interesting, but I started lifting a bit earlier than Lawrence. I think when we, first, when we were mates in year 10, that's when I started lifting. Sure. And he used to take the mick out of me to go into the gym. <laughs> And now look at us, now look at us. So I was, uh, I was just jealous, mate. Jealous of my arms growing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. James McGee telling me that I'm turning around, turning around tensing. Yeah, I got bullied a bit at school for, for going to the gym. but You did, though? I started you, it around... You went, you went around school tensing, you know? I did, I went around school constantly pulling the most muscles. <laughs> Sorry, I do that now in Ultraflex. Yeah. But yeah, so I started when I was 15, I think, and I was my starting point. Lawrence says his starting point was bad, but... My starting point was really bad, so I was probably around 60 kilograms and fat. So, all right, mate, this isn't a dick measuring contest. Fuck what? Man. Who's got the worst genetics? Uh, okay, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, but I don't. I. We always say that you've got a better like physique, like bodybuilding eye than me. Like I don't. I don't even have a clue what looks good and bad. But I don't. You, your starting point was pretty good. If you've got was any, it though? if you've got it any though? resemblance of delts, chest. Back. Have you got any resemblance to that at your starting point? Yeah, but I had, but I had no muscle mass. So I, the only thing that I look at that photo and I think, oh, okay, then like that, that looks good. It's my clavicular width. Yeah. Like I always knew that I was quite broad, but in terms of like actual muscle mass on the frame, there was nothing. Again, we'll we'll throw up a photo, but I don't, I don't think I had a particularly great start. If point. you saw mine, 
he'd be like, oh, what is that? <laughs> 60 kilograms in skinny fat. So yeah. I got into training. We'll, we'll throw up um, both starting points. I don't even know if I have that picture. I'll try and find one. But yeah. yeah, so I was 60 kilograms in skinny fat. Basically just wanted to get a lot bigger. And I didn't really push up for the first few years of training. It wasn't, again, no one really starts training, training well. So I was on a bro split, chest and tries, back and bars, etc. Um, and I really started getting into training in my second year at uni, which is when I started taking things seriously, doing a lot more research into the science-based side of things. I went to uni to do maths and sports science. So I went to Loughborough University for that, which is known as the best university for sports science in, in, the, in the country. Yeah, get it right, mate. But, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I really fell in love with training then. I used a lot of the stuff that I learnt, was learning in my degree with regards to anatomy, biomechanics, etc., to put that into my training and make my training a little bit more optimal, let's say. And yeah, it just went from then. Gradually started getting more and more obsessed with training, more obsessed with physique development. And eventually, I think in lockdown 2020, I did a cut then. And I, so I started the cut at 148 because I never pushed over 150 pounds at that point, which is ridiculous looking back at it. But I didn't really want to get fat in the past. So, or fat in adverse commas, but... So I went from 150 to 138 in that cut. And then I realised after that cut that I had no muscle mass. Like, I looked okay. Like, I looked quite aesthetic. But in terms of muscle mass, I just didn't have any at all, even though I'd been training f- for four years at that point. So, yeah. So after that mini cut, I got into a... Not a mini cut. In, after that cut, I got a bit more invested in bodybuilding. So I started watching people on YouTube like AJ, George Osborne, Josh Bridgman, people like that. And that really got me invested in bodybuilding. And following that, I kind of wasn't sure if I wanted to compete just because I didn't know if, I, if I'd ever be good enough to compete. So after that 2020 cut, I went on a massive gaining phase for like a year straight in a surplus where I pushed up from 138 and my highest weigh-in after that was 178. So it was a good 40 pounds in 40 weeks. And then that built me a real solid baseline amount of tissue before then going back into a deficit. So I always recommend that to especially younger lifters do a really long surplus if you can. I think I would have even liked to go for even longer. So a year to two years, all in a surplus, no deficit in that time. To really build that baseline amount of muscle, that baseline amount of tissue, that's going to make you basically have a good physique when you diet down. Because if you diet down without muscle, you just look stringy. You don't really look like you train. I mean, we were we were both for a while in the uh, the main gate, the, the, the main the gaining camp. camp. Yeah, Christ. Because of... Um, well, I'm not going to solely blame Greg Doucette on that but yeah I was Greg I was Doucette ruined our lifting <laughs> but I was I honestly if I hadn't um if I hadn't like messaged you and like taken the leap with like you coaching me I think I genuinely probably would have like main gains yeah which is like absolutely terrifying to think about considering how much muscle we put on from like pushing up I'm not I'm not saying that you have to get ridiculously if you want to build the most amount of muscle possible a surplus is always going to be a better option. yeah exactly if and you're then, not too bothered about building the most amount of muscle then mega gain is fine you yeah look good all year round yeah yeah exactly but I I think it's also important to promote that like you can you can be in a calorie surplus but I think getting to like somewhere where you know you're a bit uncomfortable yeah. you, you, you look a bit shit like aesthetically like you, you're not you're not particularly happy with your physique i'm not saying that's the reason <laughs> that's that's like uh, a uh, 
what am I trying to say? That's... The most important thing when pushing at body weight is to push into body weights where your training performance is maximised. Yeah, all it is. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I was trying to say. And then also potentially like year on year trying to like push reach new body new weights. Yeah, yeah. especially especially say with like a press, someone's pressing strength and their body. There's like a massive correlation between someone's like pressing strength and, and body weight. Um, and your press probably isn't going to dramatically change if you don't like push up body weight. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, God, what a what oh, time! Thanks for interrupting my journey, mate. But oh, sorry, I was just trying to I was just trying to make a reel. I was getting yeah. I was getting really into it. The there, way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, go on. Carry well, on. Carry I, on. Since I was really interrupted, I'll carry on now. <laughs> but yeah, so I went on a big gaming phase. Pushed up to around one eighty. It was an awful one eighty. Like I was really fat at that point. <laughs> I didn't look like I trained at all. But in that gaining phase there, I'm pretty sure I built a good five to ten pounds of tissue. Because when I dieted back down, I looked drastically different to that to wherever I did before. So the year after, I did the exact same thing. I think I went from one sixty two and my highest weight in the following gaining phase was one eighty eight. So that's the highest weight I've ever been in my life. And again, it was an awful, awful one eighty eight, but training performance was the highest it's ever been. I didn't really care about the way I looked. I was solely focusing on pushing food as hard as I could. And pushing training performance as hard as I could as well. So I got up to 188. And then I did a pre-prep diet. So I knew, I kind of knew I was going to be prepping this year. Well, I knew I was going to be getting lean this year. Either with a photo shoot prep or a bodybuilding prep. So I needed to do a pre-prep diet. So I wasn't starting from such a bad start point, basically. So I pulled back down to 164. Reversed my way back up to, I think I started prep at 170. And then in the middle of November last year, I started prep. So I'm currently... Eight weeks into prep now, I'm down about about eight pounds. So I started at 170 and I'm now 162, and it's gone well so far. I think I've held on to numbers pretty well. Usually, I see a little bit of a drop in performance towards the start of a diet. Then, as my body adjusts to the diet, I really start to at least start progressing. So I go down in performance and back up. Basically, that's what I've seen with past diets. So it's been really good so far. I've really enjoyed prep. Productivity's been through the roof since starting prep. I'm not sure why, but. I think just due to the increased routine, I've been really productive since starting prep. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. So I've got 20 more weeks until my bodybuilding show, which will be the MBW Classic, which is a natural federation, UK to FBA. And I'll be most likely doing physique, so junior men's physique, I'm 22. And then if I like the way I look, I'll do junior bodybuilding as well, depending on how my legs look, because I know my legs are slightly behind my upper body. So yeah, not really focused on winning anything this year. Not putting putting any pressure on myself to place in the shows. I'm just going to enjoy the process, achieve my best look. Personally, my best look. Not really compare it to anyone else. As long as I'm maximising my physique, I'm really happy. So, yeah, hopefully I'm coaching myself to to stage as well, which is interesting because I know a lot of people don't coach themselves to stage. But I believe that I can coach myself effectively to stage because I know my body very well. I feel like I've got a certain amount of knowledge, which which I can do that with. Although I, do, I also know that your diet brain can get in the way in the later stages of the prep. So I have got a couple of really good second eyes. So Lawrence is my second eye on a week-to-week basis. I'm not, I'm not sure about a really good second eye. All right, eye. so we've got an average second eye. In <laughs> whoa, like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Some, let's, let's find a middle ground, a good second eye. Decent, decent, decent second yeah, eye. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I send a check-in on a weekly basis to Lawrence, basically just telling him what I'm doing, what changes I'm making, how my week's gone. I'm basically just making sure he's checking on me to make sure I'm not, I'm not making any stupid decisions, basically, because when you're doing your own training and nutrition, 
you can be a little bit biased and make silly decisions sometimes. So he's my second eye with regards to that. And also AJ Morris from the gym. He's my second eye in terms of every like five or six weeks, he'll just have a check up on me in terms he's, of my physique. He's your third eye. No, he's my second. You're my third eye, mate. Oh, wow. AJ, AJ's my second eye. But yeah, so AJ, Has AJ been doing check-ins with you? He's no. too busy. Oh. But yeah, so AJ recently checked up on me at, uh, this week, actually, so 20 weeks out. We did get it filmed, but... Unfortunately, Lawrence don't talk zoomed in really don't, far for some reason, and I didn't. I didn't record the yeah, mics, exactly. so that video's gone to complete waste. But this this probably isn't recording. No, it probably isn't. Yeah, no. it's probably not. It's but probably it's, it's probably a good idea. We've probably already bored everyone to death. We've gone. We've gone on. We waffled for so long already. Right, but yeah, so AJ checked up on me this week, <coughs> basically just confirming what I was thinking in terms of composition and the plan going forward in terms of peaking strategies etc doing a linear load into the show i was basically just told him what i what i was planning to do and he agreed and yeah so i think i'm going to push a little bit harder over the next five to six weeks just to bring through a little bit more condition see where i'm really at and see where get a bit of, bit of a better gauge of where my scale weight is going to be on stage because it's pretty hard to, to tell when you're in that flat and fat stage isn't it because mm, you yeah. don't really know where muscularity is at so well i was i was literally saying the only look that matters is is the yeah. the look that you bring to the stage you know you're i was say, i was saying to you you're gonna feel like you're getting fat uh, fatter <laughs> I, I don't know um flatter you know smaller you're gonna feel like you're you're losing muscle but in actuality you probably I've just, literally lost eight pounds of muscle so yeah yeah true i mean it, it it may it makes sense because every week you're you're regressing <laughs> like by at least five kilos oh. on every lift even even compounds uh, even um isolation that's no, all right mate. every time i regret i just swap a movement out yeah yeah that you do and then opinion. i start progressing that movement <laughs> just due to the neurological adaptation you and do then it's progression mate it's progression <laughs> you uh you do have a bit of a tendency to uh Swap out movements. Bro, bro will do a press, right? He'll, oh yeah, this is nice. He'll, he'll progress it by about five kilos, and then he'll regress it by about five kilos, and he'll go, this press is fucking shit. And then it, <laughs> he'll, he'll, <laughs> no, I'm more talking about the uh, gym shop flat press. You, you're like, oh, yeah, man. this is a really good press, and then <laughs> goes to the gym there, goes, oh yeah, yeah, I really like this one. I'm going to be able to progress, <laughs> progresses by about five kilos, and then regresses by that. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, mate. I am sorry. I've been no, good this seriously. Prep. This prep, I've been you, really good. Yeah, you have been decent, to be fair. Like, in all seriousness, I think in your gaining phase, you had a lot more of a tendency, whereas when you've gone into it's prep... when you're surrounded by so much good kit, old oh, flex. yeah, fucking hell. I mean, I'm pretty sure Harrison's asked a, a question about the kit, but, like, fucking hell. It's so tempting, especially when they're getting in, like, yeah. new, new kit every week. Yeah, like, there's there's at least four or five different options. I almost think, some sometimes I almost think, like, if we went to a gym that had decent kit and we got on with it, it would it would almost be better because then, you know, we wouldn't be... Te- I'm, every week I'm I'm tempted to, like, switch out because I'm like, ooh, like the Cybex Mark 1 or, like... Oh, I, think, I think it is useful to have the options, though, because... Yeah, um, yeah, no. Um, movements do run their course, so y- eventually yeah, yeah. you want the option there. I think just having the resilience to not swap out it's important, and then you should be fine. Definitely, yeah. But then you can also go the other way. Like, do you remember at the start of my gaining phase where I pretty much married myself to a low incline dumbbell, yeah. and I refused to it progress well though. You got up to fifty twos, fifty fours. Yeah, definitely. Forties. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But then it just it started to regress, and then it started to feel worse as well because I was trying to hold on to numbers that 
just I wasn't getting a good stimulus from her. I, I think I think at the start of that gaining phase, you really hammered into me the importance of like not overly focused on form because I was mm. I was one of those people who was so hyper focused on making sets like absolutely perfect, but then that would just you take away from yeah, like I'm talking yeah yeah causes. I'm talking I'm talking like I was going off. Um, Internal feel completely. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I, I made the link in my head like, oh, if it feels really good and I get a really good pump from it, then surely you know that's mm-hmm. going to correlate to more tissue. Um, but obviously, obviously, I've I've learned now. But then I think I went completely the other way, and I was I was like, right, I've got to fucking load progress this as much as possible. And I I took that with my my low incline dumbbell press, and I think I just got to the point where I was like, I can't like I'm really struggling to get a good uh like stimulating set out of this like i was getting four or five rappers with like pretty sheer form so i think i think it's about finding a balance yeah, isn't it? between obviously standardizing execution and form but then also not like overly focusing on you know making these centrics as slow as physically possible and like I remember on do you remember when I used to do smith presses you like to look around yeah yeah yeah. well I literally sometimes I used to have my I think um all the all uh, if any of you are listening uh, um some of the lads in the SNC suite will will like tell you about this at at Sheffield Hallam I used to this is really fucking bad but I used to do like skull crushers right but I I was so focused on like like the mind to muscle connection. I used to like turn my neck and look at like myself. Like it, it sounds so stupid. I remember. I, remember I, the voice I, note I sent you when I was like, "Yeah, mate, you're not attacking these sets. You're you're yeah. hyper focused on yeah, yeah, yeah. form. Yeah, just lock into the set mentally and yeah. attack it. That's yeah, what's, yeah. that's what you need to do. Just find the balance between standardized execution sure. and being able to attack the set. Yeah, and once you find that balance, stick to that and go through that with all your movements and progress them. It's sure. as simple as that. I feel like. If you're so overly focused on execution and your set looks absolutely immaculate, then how how close are you actually taking it to failure? Like how, failure. Yeah, yeah. Like how intense is that actual set? You know, like plus, I've just I've I've really started to enjoy just like fucking sending a set. You yeah. know, and you can't you can't do that when you you know say you're on a press and you're going. <laughs> What's that face? <laughs> Uh, no one on Spotify is gonna gonna see that, but like, yeah, I basically I was just doing like a five second eccentric on a press. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting topic to talk about, definitely. And I feel like actually it's a bit of a controversial one because there's there's a lot of people who like hyper hyper focus on execution, and I think it is important. Like, I definitely think it's important, but it's about finding a balance between you know intensity and and yeah, just. Yeah, if you're if you're massive, two fifty pounds, and you're mm. doing a what a two plate RDL or a ridiculously low weight for how big you are, yeah. you're not training to treat muscular failure. You're faking failure. Sure, you're not training at the intensity that you're actually actually required to grow. Sure, it's as simple as that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, but then I also, I I always like there's <laughs> it's very like subjective. Like I. <laughs> Is it's very subjective, like, uh, and then I I also think like from a an injury prevention standpoint, yeah, 100%. and then also for a 
a runway and longevity standpoint, I think it's important to get the least out of uh, the the most, most out, out of the least. least. Yeah, hundred percent. Like for example, on my low incline dumbbell press, I don't think I had longer than like a three month run, a four month run, because the execution started to get worse. You know, I think if if your execution isn't standardized, you're going to have um, a shorter period of time that you can progress that shorter movement. Runway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I do, I think like it's it's obviously yeah exactly yeah yeah it's it's um and the only way you can do that is by filming your sets which is why filming your sets is so important 100 percent. so we're going to questions yeah we've we've waffled i don't know how long that was but i need to get the toilet but yeah we'll start part two and do the questions okay so part two we're going to go into some q a questions and got a fair few I've got 32 questions, so maybe I shouldn't have put out two, <laughs> two question boxes, but a lot we don't of, get through them all today. Yeah, some, some of them are, are completely not physically. Some of them are completely irrelevant. Yeah. Like, I've got people asking me on dates, but <laughs> it is what it is. I, I promise <laughs> I did not ask myself on a date through the question box. Trust me. Yeah, sure. It was definitely with one of my mates. But yeah, we'll get into the questions now. No, it was me. It was literally me. Oh, no. What? <laughs> So, I'm, I'm going to show this in the podcast. No, don't. No, no, don't. I'm not going to watch it. You are. Okay, I won't, you might I won't, do. I won't say You anything. might do. No, no, don't. I've got a guy on Instagram. Every time I post a back double or a back flat spread, he sends me a, he sends me a story response saying, nice ass, bro. <laughs> Again, this is me. It's my, it's my burner account. Yeah, so you sent that during the podcast, did you? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to delete him because I quite enjoy him telling me how good my glutes are. Even though they're not right. They're not like it. They're not good. No, they're not good at all. And talk. you can't even see my glutes in this picture. <laughs> so I don't know how you see my ass, but it is what it is. So yeah, we'll get into the questions. Should we go through... So we had anonymous questions and then we did a question box as well. So we'll go through the... Do you want to, go, do, you want to do one each? Yeah, we'll do one each. Yeah. Let's just... Yeah, let's, let's not waffle on this one and let's just, let's just pass through. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just get through basically half an hour, 45 minutes of questions. Yeah, yeah. If we don't get through them all, yeah, we'll sound. leave some for next time. Sound, sound, so, sound. First question, Harrison from Ultraflex. That's not his name. His name's Harrison Smith, but... No, no, it's Harrison from Ultraflex. That's his name. He says, favourite bits of kit at the Mecca? A question which has been answered a lot of times on other podcasts. Mm. So shout out the Once You're In Your Own podcast. We're we're basically just copying your podcast. Yes, 100%. Yeah, Reese and Finn, if you're listening. They're definitely not listening. But if you are, we have literally taken your structure. We've stole the whole fucking flow. Yeah. Exactly. Bar, word for word, bar for bar. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we go through each muscle group then. Each muscle group? Well, we'll do quads, hams, chest. All right, okay, okay. Quads, well, it's hard to say because we, we've used this Ibex Mark 1 once. So, yeah. But it was... Reverse it was, banded because we're pussies. Because we're pussies, not yeah. because we've got extremely long femurs. No, no, not but, at all. We're, we're pussies. <clears throat> Our reverse bandless. If you're reverse bander. Well. If you reverse man anything, you're a pussy. Yeah, basically. Absolutely. So it's got to be the Mark One. Cuffed, cuffed, reverse banded. What's what's the <laughs> other sneaky thing to do? Oh, there's so many, mate. Yeah. We're just so optimal. I know, so optimal, ridiculously optimal, mate. Cuff laterals is the way. We said we weren't going to get off track. Sorry, sorry, we're off them. We're off. All right, quads. Um, oh fuck, I don't know. Uh, I've not used the Mark, the Cybex Mark long, long enough to say it's my favourite. I really like the Predator Pendulum, but then oh, I've the stopped. Predator Pendulum is so mid. Yes, yeah, because you regret on it like every <laughs> week. Again, this is what I mean. You just mate, you're, you're exposing it. 
I'll, I'll actually say, I'm actually not going to go with the Starbucks app. I'm going to go with uh, the Prime leg extension. The Prime pin loaded leg extension for me. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, no, it's good. It's good. I like the Prime. Yeah. I, I did the plate loaded one and I quite like it. Um, I like the uh, Starbucks pivot leg press. I think it's oh, yeah. Actually, that's a shout. It's good. So good. Even though I told you to put it in before the Atlantis yeah. and you refused to. They're literally... He, he literally did the Atlantis because Cuba does it. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. No, I, the reason that I had a... It was because I was using it I, and I'd used it for a good like month and then when the you came along around about the same time that the Cybex pivot leg press came along. I arrived, like, I arrived with the Cybex pivot leg press. Yeah, you, I brought it to yeah, the yeah, yeah, it's actually yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... But you were like, oh, switch. And I was like, no, I've got to run on the Atlantis. Don't. You were scared I was going to beat you. No, you weren't. The Atlantis is so I beat you much now. Heavier. I beat you now on the pivot leg press. Yeah, I've literally had two runs no, on you it. haven't. It's, it is literally my second rotation on it. No, it's not. I, yeah, it is. I, like I'll, li- I'll literally show you. No, it's not. Because I put it in, right? I had right, right. one go on it. What no, about- listen, listen. God, fuck it. For context, he's sixty pounds heavier than me, oh, and I beat him on the Cybex hack on Tuesday. Yeah. I destroyed him on the Cybex hack. I'm, I'm, I've got yeah, three but, and a half plates for seven. You got three point two five for six. Yeah, but if you compare those sets, my centrics are better. I paused in the hole. No, my pauses were better. My pauses were better. They were. No, they were. Right, we'll upload they both sets. Yeah, yeah. We'll upload both we sets. Will. We will. But to, uh, to be fair, I am like notoriously yeah. bad at hack squatting. So. You destroyed me on the pendulum set. So. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get why I was... Hey, we, right, fucking hell. We're getting off track. Where, where were we? Quads. Quads. I'm going to go prime leg extension. Yeah, I'll go Cybex pivot. Hams. I'll go life fitness seated leg curl. Uh, prime ham curl. Calves. I don't train calves. <laughs> I do train calves. My calves are absolutely <laughs> awful. And I train them a lot. No, you but, don't. You literally skip them. That's why they're bad. Look. Yeah, I skip calves. I don't skip calves. I'll never skip calves. There is no excuse. Having bad calves. Yeah, there's not. There's not. No excuse at all. <laughs> but um, oh, this is tough. I actually like. I really like both the standing and the Atlantis seated. I'll go Atlantis seated. Toe I'll, press. I'll, I'll agree. Yeah, Atlantis yeah, seated good. toe press. Good. Um, we can do abs. What about glutes? Glutes. I suppose there's only one glute machine in you there. Could say Smith. Hip thrust. I'm gonna go. Yeah, Nautilus glute drive. Right? Yeah. Um, abs. The ab coaster. I really like the Alcoaster personally. It's good. We thought, initially, we thought it was shit, but... I, I You've got to treat like it like it. a hanging leg raise, basically, to get yeah. the most out of it. Oh, who, who said that? You said that who, to me, yeah, and it I worked did. really well. That's so well done, mate. That's bro. I said that. You did say that. Yeah. That's the first bit of education you gave me. Uh, what What about the other day when we were on the uh, Prime Extreme row? Hmm? That was good. That was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You dropped some uh, resistance profile knowledge. Yeah, exactly. I'm catching up to you. Mate, stop. Sorry, sorry. Just. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to go... Just a Smith press. You can't beat a Smith press. An incline Smith. Yeah, but that's not a piece of kit in the hashtag yeah, maker. The, the Cybex Smith. Okay, yeah, the Cybex Smith is good. Um, I really like the the prime incline. I think yeah, the prime incline. I is think good. it's fucking glass. If you do it close grip. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a good topic of conversation. I actually think a lot of the uh, chest presses in Ultra Flex. I think they're better with a neutral grip. I spoke to Leo about this the other day and he, he agrees. Yeah, I saw um, Ben Yanes did a post on this and basically you can create more leverage on the pecs with a more tucked elbow. Yeah. So a lot of people have their elbow out here to really try and drive across the chest. But if you have a more tucked elbow, you can create a lot more leverage and therefore create more force with the pecs. Sure, so. I, I think 
for me, I, I, on the gym chop flat press, especially because if you do the wide grip, you pretty oh, much yeah. chop here. Um, I think that it's a lot more comfortable on my shoulder girdle, and then also I can get more range because it's it's again more comfortable. And then I I feel I just feel like I can converge a lot more. Yeah. Whereas with the wide grip one, I don't feel like I'm converging. I, I, obviously, it's converging, but yeah, close grip presses I think they're better. Okay, doubts. There's no point doing a medial doubt because that's just going to be a cuff lateral. <laughs> you can't beat a cuff lateral. The, the front doubts. The Atlantis lateral was pretty good. Machine lateral. I don't like it. Do you not like it? I'm not wide enough. I've got the fucking smallest uh, clavicles ever. So. You, you have to do. I have to do it single arm. arm yeah. I, I, I quite like it. I line it with the pivot points quite well. Front doubts, I'm going to go gym shot shoulder press. is really good. Yeah. Good. Um, the upper back and laps. Upper back. Prime upper back row. Prime upper back row. Yeah. Chest forward. Lats, gym shot pull down. I really like the uh, North of the Sinatra pull down. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the gym shot's so much better. Maybe it's because the way you do it in the session. Yeah, possibly. So the gym shot drops off so nicely. It does, but I just, I don't know, maybe it's, I, I think it's good. I, I, I do think it's good, but I quite like the North of the Are we forget forgetting any other muscles? Uh, our necks. Do we train our necks? <laughs> Neck crunches? Uh, no, I don't train my neck. I don't train my neck. No. <laughs> Erectors? Uh, you can't, there isn't SLDL. Any, yeah. It's not, it's not a piece of kit. Ultraflex has the best deadlift bars <laughs> in the game. Although they have got some new deadlift platforms and they're pretty fun. Yeah, they to be fair, yeah. We're probably forgetting a muscle group here, but it is what it is. Your question. Fuck it. <clears throat> what, oh, what about biceps and triceps? I don't have any arms. You literally have no arms. I don't have any arms. Like, yeah, no. I I like the prime preacher. Yeah, I, I agree. It's good. Well, that's ridiculously heavy. And then also for triceps, I really like the uh, Jim Leco standing press. I think it's the only yeah, good, good Jim Leco piece in there. Um, I'm going to go prime dip. Prime machine dip. I also like the prime dip, yeah. You, you prefer the Jim Leco to the prime dip? I do prefer the Jim yeah. Leco to the prime dip, yeah. But you that make it more tricep focused, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the amount of elbow flexion that you can get on the gym echo is better than the, the prime. But then a lot of, I think, the way that I do it, I think a lot of people would expect, I I mean, it feels relatively dodgy on my shoulder, yeah. but what doesn't feel dodgy on my shoulder nowadays? All right, next question. Sounds, uh, shall I do an anonymous one or shall I just do, do my... The, we'll give the people who actually gave us questions. Yeah, sure. The shout outs they need. Um, the following. Sure, yeah, extremely They're going to get a lot of clout off this yeah so much so this is a question from my good friend Alex um, how to train most optimally in a commercial gym like pure gym etc that's a great that's a great great it's a great question do you want me to say that I don't mind you can do if you want I, do you want... I don't mind you can have it if you want mate alright go on then I'll give it a go go and on then if it's... I'll add anything if you forget yeah if it's if it's a shit answer then you're more than it welcome to answer. have some confidence in yourself oh, come on might be might be a bit rubbish come on mate um, Drop some knowledge. So I would say that first and foremost, I think it's definitely possible to still train optimally within a commercial gym. Me and Ryan initially made a program for my little uni gym, which yeah. was it was worse than a commercial gym. You reckon? Oh, all, the, all the pre course. It's worse than a pure gym. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's definitely possible. I think I'd I'd say the majority of pure gyms are kitted out. Pure gyms, uh, like any commercial gym, is kitted out with like matrix kit. Techno gym matrix. Yeah, um, and there are. I mean, a lot of them are. A, a lot of the pieces of kit in there aren't amazing, but there are some pieces of kit that are, are pretty 
like decent. I, I'm pretty sure the Matrix shoulder press is, is quite good, okay. to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, even if you don't get on with any of the pin-loaded stuff or, like, play-loaded stuff, you can pretty much make a, a, a really decent pull session on a cable stack. Any session with... Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, you can make... You could do a really good push session. Um, uh, and legs would probably be the hardest one. Yeah, but definitely. You could still definitely make it work. Like, if you get on with a barbell squat, you can do a barbell squat. I'm pretty sure the, the Matrix hack is okay. It's like, it is. If you reverse band it, it's okay. And use yoga blocks. You've got to, like, properly <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. mess with the setup. I remember trying that when I um, went to... I used to train at the gym in, in Sheffield, and it was yeah. fucking heavy. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I was, I, I've always been a shit hack squatter, but... Jesus Christ, I don't even think I could do like a plate on it, which is embarrassing. Um, so yeah, Matrix hack squat if you reverse band it. But yeah, I honestly, I I think as long as you've got an environment where you can progress, then that is technical and you get you have movements that you get on with, um, which you can do in a commercial gym, then yeah, I'd, I'd 100% say that that's, you, you can make a, an optimal program. I mean, in lockdown, uh, yeah, o- optimal. Yeah, it, I, I, I suppose it's as optimal as you can make it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that. And uh, what is optimal at the end of the day? Like, yeah, exactly. Well, my my understanding of it is, you know, can you progress? Do you maximize get, your progress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you in in the context of the question? Do you get on with the the um, the exercises that you have programmed? Uh, as in, like, do you connect with them? Do they align with your anatomy? Um, and then also, can you progress them? You know, is there a long runway for progression on that lift? And I would say within a commercial gym environment, yeah, definitely, 100%. I mean, I went through lockdown with um, a barbell, bumpers, rack, dumbbells. That's all I had, and I was able to progress. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, good, good answer, mate. I think something to add to that oh, is... You can make an extremely good program, like optimal program, with just dumbbells and cables and a barbell. That's all you need. You can make pretty much do everything you need to do with them. And then, if you can, the leg curl and leg extensions at commercial gyms aren't that bad, unless they're the seated leg curl, which is the pads below your knee, which is really bad. But, yeah, you can make a really good program with just cables, dumbbells, especially for push and pull. You can just use them to a Smith machine. Is always going to be pretty similar. Some of them are worse than others, but they're always going to be pretty similar. Mate, should we just train in pure gym? Should yeah. we just... I mean, we could literally just go to JD Gym just down the road. Imagine living in Rotherham and going and liking the gym and not going to Ultraflex. Like going to JD Gym instead. <laughs> going to the ledge centre oh, next to Ultraflex. I can't say that. I, want, I might need to get a job at JD Gym to this <laughs> You, you, you're gonna have we'll, to we'll cut that out. You're gonna you're gonna have to promote the Matrix kit. Yeah, <laughs> Matrix kit is the best kit ever made. Stop it. But yeah. yeah, you can definitely make a really good program out of a pure gym, out of a commercial gym. So yeah, that's your answer, Alex. I don't know why he's trying to train out a commercial gym anyway. He's a SNT. He's training the SNT suite. Next question. I got this question from three different people. So Sandapan, Milan, and my sister Alicia all asked. How to stay motivated. Because obviously they see my Instagram and how ridiculously motivated and disciplined I am. Don't they? You're just such a, a bodybuilder. I'm, I'm such a bodybuilder. You're so adherent. Like ridiculously adherent. I think a good way to approach this question is a lot of people say 
don't worry about motivation, just worry about discipline. But that's not really answering the question, is it? So you can definitely increase motivation. Like, it's not just all about discipline. You can definitely increase motivation on a day-to-day basis. The main thing I'd look at here is enjoyment. You're going to be a lot more motivated to do, to do things that you enjoy. So if you enjoy training to failure, enjoy, then train to failure. You do, if you enjoy using reps from reserve, use reps from reserve. If you enjoy having five meals a day, have five meals a day. If you enjoy having three, have three a day. Whatever you're going to adhere to the best, whatever you're going to be motivated to do, to do the most, that's what's going to be most optimal for you. So that's what I'd say in terms of increasing motivation. I also think getting into a really good routine can help a lot with motivation just because things that you need to do will get done naturally. So you're never going to miss a gym session if you're in a consistent routine of going to the gym at the same time each day. So there are a couple of ways you can definitely increase motivation. But I think also motivation, even for people like us who are completely obsessed with training, motivation is not going to be there every single, every single day of the year, is it? So discipline is a massive factor as well. So really the way I do it, I think the most I think the, mo- the best way to stay disciplined is by having someone to be accountable to. So for me, that's myself. I'm always accountable to myself. So the way I look at it is if I get to the end of a phase and I look back and I've got any excuses to- for why I didn't maximise progress, I don't want to have that. I don't want to have any excuses at the end of a phase. So I absolutely do everything I can on a day-to-day basis to maximise progress. Therefore, when I get to the end of a certain phase, I can look back and say that I did everything possible everything in my capability to maximise my progress. So that's how I stay accountable. I say that to myself. But for other people who might struggle to be accountable to themselves, find someone else to be accountable to. So whether that be a coach, a friend, family members, make these people be, make these people sources of accountability. So for Lawrence, I think I'm quite a big source of accountability. Absolutely, yeah. So I check on him to make sure he's doing everything properly maximizing his own progress sure and that really helps him stay disciplined so rather than stay motivated on days where he doesn't feel motivated where he might not want to train or might not want to act like a bodybuilder he has someone to be accountable to someone he doesn't want to let down and therefore he sticks to the plan and gets everything done you've literally not spoke about motivation once you've just spoken about accountability and adherence no i literally you've said just, you've just you can increase motivation by improving your enjoyment you've just completely so do exercises you enjoy do training sessions you enjoy even if it's not completely optimal if you enjoy them the most, you're going to put the most effort into them. You're going to adhere the most to them. No, you are. You are right, 100. percent I was going to say as well. I I don't want to give the uh, the typical NPC answer, which is you know you're not always going to be motivated, so stay disciplined. I think surrounding yourself with people that really motivate you uh, is is definitely a way to to stay motivated. So, for example one of the reasons that we moved here was because of, of Ultraflex. And that is because, like, as, as like, we, we can take the piss out of, you know, uh, it as much as we want. But in that environment, there is, like, there are so many people who uh, we look up to and who are super, super motivating. Like, literally before our hack squat set, um, AJ had just done five and a half plates on it. You know, like what's more, and I, I just stood there and watched it, and it's like, what's more motivating than that? You know? Yeah, exactly. So, improve your environment, basically. Yeah, sure. sure. Surround yourself with people you sure. want to be like. Right, draw me into a question. Oh yeah, it is your question, yeah. mate. Sorry, it's my, Sorry. It's my question. You got, you've only got one question left, so. I've actually got loads of anonymous ones. So. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah. No one wants to answer, ask their questions with their face. No, I know, I know. I've got thirteen actual ones. Oh, all right. I know. I know. 
Right, so uh, thoughts on a push-pull uh, legs split compared to um, an Arnold split. Um, I'll, I'll initially answer this one and then you can um, contribute if you want. Um, so first and foremost, I would say that, like, yeah, they're both good splits. Um, but ultimately, I don't think your, your split matters that much. I think the main thing that you should consider uh, when deciding a split is what you need to prioritise. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, yeah, I know, I know, incredible. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about, um, you know, like your, your split, because it's, it's not going to greatly impact your... Uh, performance I'd more say it's like I, I I think a lot about choosing your split is like enjoyment and adherence as well so for example whilst like a beginner it may be more optimal for a beginner to do a like a, a full body split or like a an upper lower split um, they may not enjoy it you know they may not like it and then they're not going to stick to it so you know yeah what is an Arnold split? Is it chest and chest and back? But I, that's that's all I know about an Arnold split. To be fair, it's yeah. chest and chest. back. I think it's chest and back, and then obviously uh, legs. Yeah, legs, and then try shoulders and arms. I thought it was chest and buys, back and tries, legs. No, I, I like the, an antagonistic muscle split. The penultimate session in an Arnold split is chest and back. That's mm. well. That's what I know about it anyway. Yeah, but on the whole, your training split doesn't really matter. As long as you're training each muscle group twice a week, preferably, potentially even three times a week, yeah. and you're enjoying your split, that's all that really matters. And then adjusting your volume to make sure you're progressing. That's all that really matters. But sure. I think the main difference... Actually, I'll touch on doing, say, antagonistic muscle groups together, so chest and biceps, back and triceps, because that I think people could take some value from that. So. Sure. And the main problem with the push-pull leg split, in my opinion, I think it is probably the best split you can do just because you're training all the muscle groups that work within certain movements at the same time. So mm. for a pushing movement, you're using your delts, triceps, chest, etc. But I think the only problem with that is that your arms do get left behind a little bit because if you're doing your arms at the end of a push-pull leg session or a push-and-pull push session, you're basically doing them when you're already very fatigued and therefore you can't really put lots of effort into those movements because they've already been preliminary not preliminary I'm using big words for the sake of it but they've already been fatigued prior to the isolation movements throughout your compound so the benefit of doing chest and biceps and back and triceps means that you can train your biceps without them being fatigued already so they're completely fresh after you trained your chest and therefore you can go go and put more effort into those movements so that's the one big benefit I'd say I'd say with training antagonistic muscle groups but that's not really relevant to the question so I don't know why I've mentioned that. <laughs> just something that popped into my head. But fucking hell, I've just realised we we've probably gone on for another like half an hour. Should we do one more question each and then wrap it up? Do you really think two there's... question, two more questions each? You, Mate, people you, are going to want to watch us. You really think that, that people are going to choose to watch us and sit through? I've got so many questions. Fifty minutes of us fuckers waffling, especially if they're not into training as well. Well, why are they watching if they're not into training? That's a good point. It's a great point. My question. <laughs> I want to keep going. I think we're doing well. All right. Okay. All right. 
right. If they want to turn off, they can turn off. I've but just, I think I'm, we're dropping knowledge bombs here, mate. I've just, so. got, I've just got a meal to eat. You know. All right, yeah, so this fine. isn't a question. Leo says, not a question, just put your fucking feet away. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Clearly, Leo doesn't care that much about bodybuilding, <laughs> because if he did, he wouldn't care about getting your feet out in the gym, because... You get more out of deadlifts and leg presses and squats by your having feet, your feet out. Your so. feet are just grim, mate. That's, that's why. My I'm feet are literally not grim. Mine are a bit. I've got nice yeah. feet. Sure. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, go. yeah, but seriously, this is something that I I initially discovered. Um, initially discovered, that doesn't make sense. This is something that I um, discovered when hinging. I'm... Uh, this is going to look... It, it looks so bad as well because we're such poor hip hingers. We're actually horrendous and we've got our feet out like all the best hip hingers, you know. But no, seriously, I think if you are a bad hip hinger, I think it's important to... Not even if get... you're bad. It's just, it's just so much better. With y- yeah, yeah. You can drive so much more forward through the floor. Sure, exactly. I think you, getting the... Like doing everything you can to make your hip hinge better, um, especially if you are a bad hip hinger, is, is definitely important. So that's that's why I do it. Um, but yeah, I, ju- I just feel like I'm so much more planted to the floor. I feel like if I do it, I used to do it with socks on, but it does it feels a bit slippy. Um, so yeah, you do look like a bit of a weirdo, but at Who the cares? end, of the, yeah, exactly. What people think. At the end of the yeah. day, it, do- it doesn't matter what people think. If yeah, you're Leo. You're not going to win the British Championship in 2025 <laughs> with that kind of attitude, mate. So sort yourself out. Um, Good old Leo. I've got. I want to try and we'll, we'll, we'll go through mine quickly. I want to answer the ones where people have given their names. That's fair. All right. Okay. I mean, we could always do it next week. We've always got next week. Right. Let me let me at least answer one question from each person who's asked me one. All right. Okay. okay. Sure. All right. Next one. Nayan has asked. Favorite sources of info. Bodybuilding related, I'm assuming. I'd say, yeah, gym related. Yeah. Fitness related. Um, well, I I used to get all my bodybuilding information from basically fitness influencers. So, like, mm. I used to take a lot of information from Mike Thurston, which isn't a bad start point, to be fair. Relatively. For, for the basics. Yeah, yeah, for the basics. Great do set. I Jeff used to follow. Nippard. Jeff Nippard is. Yeah, Jeff Nippard. Nippard I think Jeff Nippard's probably a level above them, I'd say. Um... More plates, more days, even though I don't understand the fucking word that he's saying. <laughs> like, not one. I just sit there That's and I'm like... That's you want to isn't it, mate? That's why you want to watch more plates, more days. No. <laughs> um, but then, more recently, I've I've got into literally, like, content creators, old folks. So, AJ, uh, Kuba, um, who else? Who else do I watch? Let me let me see how I follow. Oh, yeah. I'll give a go. You go. To this because yeah. I've listened to so, so many podcasts. I yeah, really I feel fun. like I feel like. Wait. Do you mind? Sorry, mate. We're in a podcast. Sorry. Well, I'm just checking who I follow. Yeah. So my main source of info are all from podcasts, pretty much. So I pretty much listen to one podcast a day, just when I'm doing things like meal prepping, going on a walk, etc. So I'd say, firstly, get your basic information sorted for starters. So just the basic information off YouTube. Just basic information on how to train. I'd probably go to Jeff Nippard for that. I think that's probably the best information in terms of getting all your basics sorted. But when you want to go to the next level, I'd probably say what I did. I went, AJ Morris used to have a podcast called Solo Podcast. And I think he's got like 40 episodes on there. And I religiously, I've watched all of those episodes like three times each, which is kind of ridiculous. But Super fun. That, yeah, I'm a bit of a super fan. But yeah, but I've, I've watched those episodes so many times. And there is so much good information for people who want to take their 
train to the next level or whether they're going to bodybuilding, etc. So I'd say Adrian Morris' solo podcast. I'd say Once You're In, You're In, also a really good podcast with a lot of high-quality information. So they've got a lot of episodes out. So Finn and Reese on the Once You're In, You're In podcast. Revised Drunk. The Once You're In, You're In podcast. Do you want to say that again? I'm giving them a shout-out, mate. Sorry. They need Sorry. more followers. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. They, they need our... Yeah. Uh, really, really small following to follow Mate, them. You fin- definitely f- already followed them. Let me finish the question. Okay, sorry. The Revive Stronger pod- podcast is really good. I think that gives you a different perspective on training, a different perspective on things because they use a more RIR approach. So it's always good to get different perspectives on everything. Joe Jeffries. Joe Jeffries, obviously collective. Uh, Muscle, Mon- Muscle Mentors podcast is a bit of a, that's a very high level podcast. Like the stuff on there is like, I was listening to it and I was like, this is degree level stuff. So, um, yeah, that's a really good one if you're really trying to take things to the very top level in terms of bar mechanics, etc. So, does Luke Miller have a podcast? Yeah, so no switch. the No Switch Fitness podcast again, a really high level podcast, which is really good for people who are trying to take their knowledge to the top level. J3, J3 University, University yeah. podcast, John Jett, yeah, Hypertrophy Coach on Instagram, yeah. very good for bar mechanics. Who's, uh, who's the guy that Kuba recently did a video with? I can't remember his name, I have no idea, but this Ben Yanes as well on Instagram. I know he's been Jordan, getting... Jordan Shallow from yeah. Um, Prescript. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ben Yanes. Really high-level biomechanics stuff on there, which I really enjoy. I know he's been getting roasted a little bit recently for not training very intensely, but his content is really good and it's all relevant as well because a lot of the stuff he talks about, I did in biomechanics with a man degree, so it's really good stuff. Coach Cassium as well. Yeah. yeah. So but then... We're giving but, you loads there. Yeah, yeah. But I'd also say, if you're just like a... Casual gym goer. Yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere near the yeah that that stuff. I'd I'd start off by obviously follow, yeah like I'd say Jeff Nippers is a pretty good start, but or, then or yeah. get a coach. Oh. App- applications in the bio. Where can you get coaching, Ryan? <sighs> yeah, such a good chat. Application in my bio and your bio and my bio. Yeah, Come okay, on. got to plug me as well. So I've been looking at this guy's name all morning. And I've got no it's idea how to pronounce it. But Eoin. <laughs> what? Eoin? Eoin. No, we're being disrespectful here. Eoin. Eoin. No, we're being we're sorry. We're being really stupid. I yeah. think I, I bet it's something like Owen. Oh yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go. It's one oh. of those it's one of those names which is like pronounced completely different to how it's spelled. Sure. Well, I'm gonna call you Owen. I think okay. it, I think it's Owen. Alright. What tips would you give to people training first thing in the morning pre-breakfast? I think the main thing to note here is hydration is going to be a massive factor here. I think you can go into a training session without food and perform pretty effectively. But if you're not hydrated, whether that be from electrolyte balance or from water, you're not going to perform effectively. So the main thing here, get at least a a litre down you before you train. You You could backload your carbs the night before. I was getting to that, mate, but... Oh, sorry. Of the button. How, how is this going to be real now? Oh, I just wanted to contribute to it. I want to do, I want to do a little bit. Go on, then, you do it, then. Thanks, mate. You thanks. do it. Yeah, so, first thing you want to note, note is hydration status, so making sure you've got at least a litre of water in, water in you before you train. Also, electrolyte balance, so I'd potentially put two grams of salt, one gram of low salt into, into your pre-workout, or just into, like, a little morning shake. Have that to make sure you're regulating your electrolyte balance. And then in terms of carbs, if you don't want to eat before you train, say you don't want to get up so early so you can get a meal in before you train, just make sure you're having a, a big carb meal the night before. So your last meal the night before, 
have a carb meal, which is slow digesting. So potentially low GI carbs. So oats would be a good idea. Something that digests very slowly throughout the night and therefore you can use the following morning within training. So have a big carb meal the night before and then just make sure your hydration status is maximized. Also, I would definitely have, if you're not having a pre-workout meal, then I'd definitely have an intra-workout shake. So in your intra-workout shake, you have a carb powder, which would obviously help with energy. And then also, because you haven't had a protein serving so far, because you're training without a meal, I'd definitely have an EAA in there as well, just so you're maximizing muscle protein synthesis during training, because you haven't had a spike, muscle protein synthesis spike prior to training. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I was going to say all that. Right, I'm going to do two last questions because I don't want to drag, drag this on for too long. Sure. But I want to give everyone a little shout out, you know what I mean? Okay, so part three. The camera ran out of battery, so part three. we'll get two more questions done and then we'll wrap it up there. So this one's from Milan. Is it possible to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time? And if you're doing this, should you be in a maintenance phase, a deficit or a surplus? You want to answer this one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, yes. It is possible uh, to gain muscle and lose body fat. Um, you don't have to be in a calorie surplus to build muscle, but obviously you do have to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. Um, lose however, weight. you are lose weight. You can lose fat in a surplus if you're building a chip in a muscle. Say you want steroids, but sorry, mate. Can you let me answer the question? Go on, go on, answer yeah. the question. Okay. Sorry. I won't do that again. I've completely lost my chain of thought now. Oh, I'm actually really sorry, mate. Yeah, you better be. Yeah, no. Um, so what I was going to say as well, um, it's whether you can actually build muscle and lose fat is very dependent on uh, where you're at in your training career. So for example, um, say you're a complete beginner it's that's the time where it's more than possible to uh, build muscle and lose fat um, just because uh, everything's going to be uh, you know like a, a novel stimulus you're going to be able to progress your lifts uh, a, a lot quicker than like say someone who's been uh, like an advanced trainer who's uh, been training for like four or five years um, and, and on that yeah I'd say yeah, I, I think I think that's the main point. It's it's so dependent on where your your training career is at. Say, for example, um, say me, for example, um, uh, almost almost five years in training now. Um, at this point, especially after our gaining phase, I'm not sure that I could uh, build muscle and lose fat. Or maybe maybe I guess it also depends on the extremity of the deficit. So, for example, if you're in, say, in a in a prep environment, yeah. um, if you're losing a, a very very steady rate, um, then I think it's it, you could potentially build build fat and and build, build fat. fat, yeah. build fat. You're, you're used to that, just building fat. <laughs> yeah, that's all I do, man. I don't build muscle. No, yeah. I'm going to build fat gaining face. Yeah, fat gaining face. <laughs> I need that super fat. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Say if you're losing at a uh, a really really slow rate, then 100 percent is is more than possible. Maybe not as as much as say a beginner could, but it's certainly on the cards. However, say if you're in a a quite a, a an aggressive deficit, say for example a, a mini cut, yeah. Um, 
you're most likely not going to be able to um, build build much muscle. Um, I guess then also another uh, variable is genetics. So say, for example, you're an individual who um, can build muscle very, very easily, then I'd say, again, um, building muscle in a deficit is... Uh, more than than possible but again I, I guess that correlates to a um training experience um but yeah have, have you got anything else to to contribute to that yes yeah, so i think the main thing to note is that to build muscle all you need is energy yeah protein and a stimulus so there's nothing about being in a surplus or a deficit in that apart from maybe the energy factor but if you've got a good amount of fat on you anyway you can use those fat stores for energy and therefore you can continue to build muscle I think a lot of people don't think they can build muscle in a deficit. But for 99% of people, unless you're getting very lean or you're extremely advanced, I think you can still definitely build some muscle in deficit. As long as you're being pretty optimal and doing everything you can to build the muscle, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can build a lot of muscle. Not a lot of muscle, but you can build muscle in a deficit. It's not going to be optimal in terms of building muscle because a surplus is going to be a lot more optimal for training performance and therefore you're going to progress more easily. So if you want to maximise building muscle, then a surplus is always going to be your best option. But definitely, it's definitely possible. I think in terms of the phase you want to be in, if you want to do a body recomp, so losing fat and building muscle at the same time, I'd probably recommend a small deficit just because if you're, gaining, if you're in a gaining phase and trying to do a body recomp, it's pretty much impossible. Unless mm. you're on steroids, it's going to be extremely hard to lose fat and build muscle while in a surplus. Because if your weight's going up, that means you're going to have to be building muscle at a quicker rate than you're losing fat. So it's pretty impossible to do that sure. unless you're on some kind of enhancement. But I'd recommend a very small deficit, maybe 0.5 to 1% of your body weight a week. And then, yeah, just over a long period of time, as long as your training performance is going up and you're not changing the execution, then you're probably going to be building a small amount of muscle. So final question, and it's a big one. This is a bit of an advanced one from Harrison here. Oh. But he says... Why is it important to train a muscle across its entire contractile range? Oh. Do you want me to take this one? Yeah, go on, you take this one. So, for people who not, don't... Not that I don't know the answer. Oh, no, you know it, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, for people who don't know, the, a muscle's contractile range is from its fully contracted position, so its shortened position, all the way to its fully lengthened position, which is in the stretch. So, the reason I want to tax a muscle across its full contractile range is basically just to recruit as many muscle motor units as possible, and therefore create as much stimulus as possible on each individual muscle fibre and therefore create the most growth. Because if you're, say, only using a certain range of the motion or a certain range of the contractile range, you're not going to be recruiting as many muscle fibres as you would be if you're using the full contractile range. So that's why we want to use the full contractile range. In terms of why we need to use each range, I think a key thing to note here would be why the lengthened range is important for hypertrophy. So there's been quite a lot of research in the last few years about stretch mediated hypertrophy this basically means that the majority of hypertrophy occurs in that lengthened position so the fully stretched position of the muscle so we know that it's very important to train and bias movements or bias muscles in their lengthened positions so that's probably why you should use that part of the contractile range there's less research surrounding the shortened range and why that's important but i think the best bet would just be to use your full contractile range across every single muscle and therefore you're not really leaving anything in the tank in terms of how to reach each side of the contractile range, 
I think this is something that people don't actually know and I think could be of some, of some value. I think, to, basically, to get into your fully short-term position of a muscle, a good example would be the biceps. So you need to do both functions of shortening the, shortening the biceps. So the functions of shortening the bicep are elbow flexion and shoulder flexion. So to, to fully shorten the bicep, you have to do both of those functions. So that would be like this, so in a preacher curl or in a, a keefy curl, where you're bringing your elbow up and getting a full contraction of the bicep. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and then the opposite, to get your bicep fully lengthened, you have to do both functions of lengthening the bicep. So lengthening in the bicep would be elbow extension and shoulder extension. So having your arm behind your body in full elbow, ex- elbow extension would be fo- basically fully lengthening the bicep. So to take a muscle through its full contractile range, you need to do both functions of each of each the shortened and the lengthened range. That's how you take it through into those positions. So I think that could be of some value to some people because I don't think that's really out there in terms of how to fully shorten and fully lengthen muscles. Absolutely. That applies for all muscles as well, not just the biceps. Sure, sure. Can I, can I contribute? No. This might be wrong as well. I don't actually know. I'm not sure. But, okay, so say you've taxed a muscle in its uh, shortened range and it's fatigued. Yeah. Um, then doing another movement that taxes the short range, you're probably not going to get as, mo- as, as, as much uh, as you can out of that than, say, you, you then tax it in, like, the, the length and range. For example, in my push session, um, I've got the hammer strength incline, and that, for anyone that's used it, will know it's incredibly hard in, in the short range. Yeah. So to combat that, uh, after that, I do the prime incline and I primarily load it in the length and range because we've already taxed the short and range. Yeah. You, we it's load fine. it in the length and range, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah, so this is also something to note. As you go throughout a session and as you fatigue, your ability to fully shorten a muscle, so really get the most out of that shortened range, diminishes. So the further you go, the more fatigue you get, the harder it is to get a muscle fully short. That applies for sessions and for sets. So I'm dropping... I'm overcomplicating this a bit, but basically throughout a set, your ability to get a muscle short will also diminish. So that's why some people reverse band things too heavily because they might find the resistance profile really good throughout the start of the set, but towards the end of the set, when their shortened range is taxed, then it might be a little bit too hard in the shortened range. So that's why you should really pay attention to how you're reverse banding things. We're we're actually, you can say all this sciencey stuff, but we're actually just pussies. And, we, I'm, we can't. And, and I'm actually really small, yeah, so you, exactly. shouldn't, you shouldn't listen to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyone who is uh, smaller than you and trying to drop training knowledge on you, you just shouldn't listen to. So, wait, why am I your yeah. coach? I don't know. I was, I was thinking of switching, to be fair. All right, going to yeah. AJ? Yeah. He's going to ditch me yeah, for AJ. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. coming. I'm expecting it over the next couple of years. He's going to ditch me for AJ. If, I, if, he, <laughs> if he doesn't do well and compete next year, he's going to leave me. Yeah. That's what it is. It's all your fault. It's nothing to do with shape, structure, you muscle You've cheated on your diet 10 times. Yeah, doing yeah, prep, yeah. But it's my fault. It, yeah, all your fault. All, right. all your fault. I've actually got one good question, which okay. we'll finish off. It's a bit of a fun one. All right. It's an anonymous one. Ooh. Sorry, guys. Fill in. Fill in oh, the gun. Oh, sorry. All right. Make the best physique out of you and Lawrence. Oh, shit. Who did that? That was a good know. one. But, so... It's just Lawrence. <laughs> Thank, thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. It's just long. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We can't, we can't end on that. It, is, it isn't just me. It's not right. just me. My face and Lawrence's body. It's not very nice. Um, 
So, Ryan's calves. Not my calves. My, I have the worst calves in body. No, Ryan's calves, they're incredibly good. That's why I've got them. No, the, thi- the thing is though, right, you've got small calves, but that makes your quads look better, right? Yeah, but my, your quads are better. You are? Your quads are miles better than mine. Yeah, but they in proportionally... No, you're being modest. So I'll, I'll give you okay. a real answer. All right. Lawrence's calves, Lawrence's quads, <laughs> Lawrence's hamstrings, Lawrence's glutes, my midsection. Hang on a You've got better abs, but I've got a better midsection. I have. What do you mean? Oh, it's in like, we're talking about like 26 inches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my obliques. Fair enough. My midsection. Yeah. Lawrence's chest. Lawrence's delts. You've got a pretty good chest. No, your chest is better than mine. Oh, thanks, mate. I've just got a good chest compared to the rest of my shit physique. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Lawrence's chest. Lawrence's delts. Lawrence's arms. Um, Lawrence's upper back. My lats. I'd say my lats. Yeah, definitely. Although my lats, are, my, my lats only look good because my, my waist is small. No, but I think you genuinely have more developed lats than me. Or, well, potentially, it might be due might to... you're stiff as a board. Yeah, my m- mobility around that and area is awful. I'd say, probably my erectors. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I, my erectors are so, awful. So, Lawrence's body with my midsection, my lats and my erectors, and my face. No, we didn't... We didn't say Mate, face. it's my face. Yeah, it's not, it's my it's face. not your face. Right, write in the comments who's got the better face. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do the outro? Yeah. So, thank you, everyone, uh, to who's listened. Um, this is going to be a weekly thing. Um, so we will be dropping like uh, weekly question boxes. Um, it is very much appreciated if you guys get the questions in. Um, we do apologise if. Uh, to be fair, I thought you were fucking class. To be honest, I thought I was umming and ahhing on some of the questions, and I don't think I was speaking. Hey, with yeah, exactly. It is a practice thing. Um, but yeah, we do apologise if uh, it, it, it dragged on a bit or if, if you know, we, I was I was uh, umming and hawing a bit. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to the uh, Limitless Physiques podcast and we will see you next time.